Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I am really excited about this subject called sovereignty. I want to give you a little history on why I decided to teach it, how it came about. At the end of last year, 2018, December, I just felt an urge to read the Bible through from cover to cover more than one time, which I typically would do. And, And so I thought, all right, I'll do that. And so I began to do it. And I I finished reading it through in the middle of February one time. And the way I did this was um, I read it, but I also would listen to it. But I only listen to it when I'm doing brain dead things like, you know, ironing my shirt or uh, getting ready in the morning or driving my car. And I'm able to concentrate when I listen to things. And so I thought, whoa, I did that in a month and a half. I'll just keep keep going through it until I see how long I I go. And and I'm, I'm on Revelations the seventh time I'll finish up probably today or tomorrow reading the Bible through seven times in this year. And right around the second time, when I began the third time, I had an idea. I thought, I'm gonna, as I read through the, the third time, I'm gonna highlight every verse on the sovereignty of God. Because it, it was standing out to me. And I thought, I'll highlight every single verse on sovereignty. And I have the apps where I can do it. And, and then I thought, let me do it the fourth time through in case I missed anything. And I did miss a couple, so I did it the fourth time through. Then I went into my study week this summer. Uh, I took every scripture on the subject of sovereignty, it, not just the word sovereignty, but whenever it was talking about God and, and predestination and foreknowledge and God controlling everything, I thought, I'll take all those scriptures and then I put them in a Word document and I just organized them and I began to think about this series. And that's how this series developed. And after reading the Bible through four times, my wife asked me, what stands out, Joe? Because four times in a row in that short of a period, she just said, what's standing out to you? And I said, well, um, I said, how incredibly awesome and and powerful God is. Because you can't read the Bible through without noticing the sovereignty of God and noticing the greatness of God. So that's what brought me to the place to think, I'm, I'm going to teach this subject. And I want to say up front, guys, this is the toughest subject in the Bible. There's no tougher subject than the sovereignty of God. And if I were teaching this in a Bible school, I, I could teach an entire semester and, and, and not cover every part of it. So I am attempting to teach this in four weeks, about 32 minutes. I'm anywhere from 30 to 32 minutes. Um, I'm not a long-winded preacher. So that's two hours I'm gonna to try to teach the subject, but I think I can answer a lot of your questions, and I also think um, I'll help you figure it out for yourself if I don't answer some of your questions. But again, this is not about me putting my dukes up. I'm, I'm not wanting to fight with anybody. It's just not who I am, but it's just me trying to help and educate us. So uh, some of you know this, some of you don't. There are two points of view when it comes to the sovereignty of God. There's the Calvinist and the Arminian view. And John Calvin created the Calvinist view. He lived in the early 1500s and he came up with that view. But then he had a student, uh, Jacobus Arminius, who uh, literally was a Calvinist. But then after a while, he thought, you know, the more I read the Bible, I, I don't know. And he came up with a little bit different view on the sovereignty of God. We call it the Arminian view. I'll just give you a quick overview. You don't have to remember these things. They are on our app if you want to go check them out. But here's Calvinism. In Calvinist thinking, God's sovereignty is unconditional, unlimited, and absolute. I, I, I can believe that. All things are predetermined by the good pleasure of God's will. I struggle a little with that, and I'll tell you why. 
God foreknew because of his own planning. God does know everything. Here's what's amazing about God. According to the Bible, God created time. There was no time in the beginning. And God stands above time, and somehow he can see the beginning of your life all the way to the end. I, I can't figure that out, but you know what? If we could figure it out, he wouldn't be God. He'd be a superhero. So, you know, I'm excited that he's God, right? And I don't, I, there's so many things about God we cannot even figure out, but that's where faith comes in, right? So I, I believe a lot about the Calvinist view. Maybe not everything, I'll tell you why. Uh, because uh, if, if all things are predetermined by the good pleasure of God's will, then that means we have to blame God for a lot of things that I don't think God is to blame for, and I'll show you why. We'd have to blame him for what just happened with the hurricane in the Bahamas and, and our east coast as it went up near the coast. And so I want to show you why I, I don't agree with that 100%. Here's the Arminian view. To our, uh, the Arminian, God is sovereign but has limited his control and correspondence with man's freedom and response. I like that. They're bringing in free will. That's important, I think. Your free will, my free will. And then God decrees, or God's decrees are associated with this foreknowledge of man's response. And I lean more towards the Arminian view, but I want to tell you up front, I have pastor friends who are Calvinists. They're amazing. They're good men of God. So again, I don't want to fight with anybody. Some of you grew up in Calvinist churches. You may not even know it. Some grew up in Arminian. And again, when Jesus comes, we'll figure this out 100%. But you might ask, why is this important? I'm a student. Why should I care about this? Um, or I'm a young couple. We're a young couple with children. Why should we care? Or you know, I'm a grandparent. Why should I care? Or all of us in between, right? Why should we care? This is really, really important because it determines the very nature and character of God and our relationship with him. And that's really, really important. Uh, we need to know, uh, did God predestine for all of us either to go to heaven or to hell? That impacts everything, right? If that's true, then did God predestine the Browns never to win a Super Bowl? <laughs> I don't know. I'm a Browns fan, so I can say that, right? <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm not a Calvinist, right? I'm not sure, right? But, but I don't know. I, I mean, I can't agree with that, guys. Um, I really believe God gives everybody a shot. And I'm going to show you that. We're going to talk about predestination. That's our final lesson. And, you know, God has predestined all of you. Uh, he's given you gifts and abilities, and he's given you a call on your life. So I agree with that 100%. And so we want to just address everything. How about prayer? If the Calvinist point of view is true, here's what I would say. This is what goes through my mind. Um, then why should I pray? If God's already determined everything that's gonna happen, then why in the world should I pray? I mean, I'm, it's just a fruitless exercise at that point because God's gonna do what he wants to do anyway, right? And so that's another reason, and I'll show you scriptures, uh, but how about this? If God's predetermined who's going to heaven and who's going to hell, why, why do an altar call at the end of service? Why, why share Christ? And someone might argue, well, you don't know who's who, so you got to go fishing. Well, that, that's a decent argument. I can't say it's not a decent argument. But guys, when you understand that we all have a free will and that we can only accept Christ through uh, hearing the word and believing and there's a battle that's going on, it changes your prayer life it changes the very passion of your soul and your very relationship with God. So that's why I think it's really important. So here's, here's what I did. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna open up with my big idea, but it's the big idea for the whole series, but I'm going, going to you know, bring it out today to help set us up for the series. And I would say this is just a concise 
uh, one sentence definition of the sovereignty of God and uh, it goes like this, guys. It's, it's pretty cool. God created and controls all things, but I think this is important within the boundaries of his covenants and purposes. God has these purposes, things that have to happen, like Jesus had to be born, right? There's these purposes. Um, Moses had to do what he did. God had to create the nation of Israel. Those are purposes of God. Part of his purpose, too, is your free will and you having a chance to make a decision. But within the boundaries of his covenants is really important because think about it, guys. God makes a covenant. That's a promise he makes with either humanity or part of humanity. He makes these covenants, which then makes them sovereign because if the sovereign God makes a covenant, God's not a man that he should lie, right? So he kind of, he works within his covenants and that determines, he determines what he will and what he won't do. So we're gonna look at some of the different covenants, ours, but then also the old covenant in another lesson. It's gonna help you understand God in this amazing way. And just think about it. Most of your Bible is about the old covenant. So if you read it thinking it's 100% for you, then you can really have some mixed up theology, but we don't throw it out. We do read it. The moral part of the, the Old Testament is so important. The moral law never changes, right? And so there's so many important things in there, but I wanna just help you understand it. So I, I, I wanna do everything in my power to help you see this. But the first covenant that God made with humanity was actually Adam and Eve. Remember after he created Adam and Eve, what, what did he say? He said, I give you dominion of the entire earth. And he, he released dominion of the earth to them. It doesn't mean he's not God, but he made a sovereign covenant with them. Then when Adam and Eve sinned, they let the devil in. And that's why Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But the thief, the devil, and all the people that work under him, the false religions, everything. But the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. I want you to see as we teach this that God's the good guy. The devil's the bad guy. And here, you know what God's doing? He's constantly working in our behalf to soften the blow of living on this crazy earth with a crazy enemy. And he, he's doing everything in his power to soften that. He, he, you know, we're here. And so he said, you're gonna have tribulations here because we live on a crazy earth. You know, the earth is broken when Adam and Eve sinned. The earth began to die. And, and do you know what? Um, that's why we have hurricanes and that's why all, it's not God's fault, Adam and Eve sinned. When I get to heaven, I'm gonna look Adam and Eve up, you know? You know what I'm gonna tell them? Hey guys, give me five because if I were you, I would have done the same thing. We're all human, right? And, and so I'm not gonna be hard on them. I probably would have failed the same as they failed. But, but you know what? They opened up the door to this bad guy called the devil. And God's the good guy trying to buffer the blows of the bad guy. So he creates these covenants and all these amazing things. And that's what you and I need to understand. So I wanna talk for a moment and just show you how God created all things. And for some of you, uh, you know, 
with science the way it is, we have some incredible brainiacs, don't we? And I'm not against science, I'm not against brainiacs, but you know, you hear things like, well, the earth is actually billions of years old, and so it shakes some people's faith. I don't think it should shake our faith, guys, at TCI and Borman and Warren. It shouldn't shake our faith because, um, you know, part of believing in God is he didn't give us every answer in the Bible, but there are some, and it's amazing. Uh, do you know that in the book of Genesis, chapter one, verse one, the Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's verse one. Other parts of Bible, Psalms and other books, they say when God created the heavens and the earth, he made it perfect. But verse two says, and the earth was void and without form, utter chaos. Water covered the whole earth and the Holy Spirit hovered on the waters. It's like, what? Did God make it that way? But then if you look at the Hebrew word, and the earth was, the word was, you know what that word everywhere else in the Bible is translated became? And it literally means to become. And so uh, scholars say, not all, because scholars will never always agree. We're human, right? But many scholars believe that between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2, there could be billions of years. And that's when Satan was Lucifer. He was the worship leader of heaven and everything was great. And then iniquity was found in his heart. He rebelled against God. God threw him out of heaven and splash. The earth went into chaos, right? Some people even believe there was a pre-Adamic race, that God had some creations. Uh, could be dinosaurs, could be all kinds of things. Nobody knows for sure, because God doesn't tell us everything. I, I was listening to a brilliant ge geneticist, and man, it's awesome what they're finding out about genes and genetics. And this brilliant geneticist that wasn't a Christian said, the Bible can't be true because all of humanity genetically could never come from two people. And I'm like, wait a minute, God. God, if God's who he says he is, could he supersede things? Could he do a miracle or two? Read your Bible. Yeah, he can do it. The answer is yes. He can do a miracle or two. But then what if God didn't tell us everything? What if God created, and I'm not trying to change the Bible story. I'm just saying, what if? What if God created 10 Adams and 10 Eves, but he only highlighted one? We don't know. And again, I'm not trying to change the story. I believe the Bible, and I know the majority of us do. And so don't get shaken by that. But there's this cool part in the Bible in the book of Job where Job had all these problems in his life and we see in chapters one and two that the devil actually went to heaven and God said, hey, have you considered my servant Job? Now, that's pretty scary, right? I mean, it's like, what? It's, it's God saying to the devil, have you considered my servant Job? Let's beat him up a little bit, right? And, and so that can be scary, but you have to understand, guys, there was no covenant at that time. And so Job was covenant List. And I think it's so cool that God showed us that. We were in Bible school, and one of our friends in Bible school, we, we had, a, we had a, a whole semester on the book of Job, and it was awesome. But after a couple semesters, he came up to my brother Tony and I, and he said, I'm going back home. I'm not going to serve God anymore. And we're like shocked. We're like, why? He goes, I'm just a puppet on strings, and God is just you know, controlling my life and doing whatever he wants because this, this is all from the book of Job. And we're like, that's not, what, that's not what he's saying, right? It's not what he's saying. So it's really important for us to understand these things. Well, after Job had all these problems, his three friends came up, and they had this debate you know, all the way up to chapter 37, and then God showed up.
And I just want you to see what God said about creation. It's pretty cool. Uh, Job 38, verse one. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind, why are you using your ignorance to deny my providence? Now get ready to fight, for I'm going to demand some answers from you, and you must reply. So this wasn't a fist fight. This was an intellectual debate, and Job lost. I'm, not, I'm just going to read a couple verses to you. But I just like what God says about himself. Listen to verse 4. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Do you know how its dimensions were determined? And who did the survey? It's like, I don't have a clue. Do you have a clue? The brightest people in the world, we don't have a clue, but God's saying, I'm the one that did all this. Listen to verses six and seven. What supports its foundations? And who laid its cornerstones as the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? We're going back now before time, before God created anything. And he's like saying, what holds the earth up? Why doesn't it just fly somewhere out of orbit? How's everything being held up? Well, the New Testament tells us Jesus holds everything together, man. It's just amazing. It's amazing how God just does it. Listen to verses eight, nine, and 10. Who decreed the boundaries of the seas when they gushed from the depths? Who clothed them with clouds and thick darkness and barred them by limiting their shores and said, thus far and no farther shall you come and here shall your proud waves stop. You know, there's so much water in the ocean, guys, that it could cover all the landmass of the earth, but why doesn't it? God said, here's your shoreline, here's your shoreline, here's your shoreline. That's pretty cool. He's pretty powerful. Here, here's one more, just one more section. Job 38, 31 through 33. Can you hold back the stars? Can you restrain Orion or Pleiades? Can you ensure the proper sequence of seasons or guide the constellations of the bear with their satellites across the heavens? Do you know the laws of the universe and how the heavens influence the earth? We know a little bit now with science, but not all of it. And Job had to just look at God and say, I surrender. You're God. And you know, even though I'm teaching on the subject of sovereignty, I, I want you to know, guys, the more we read the Bible, the more we're going to have our eyes open. So we know what we know right now. We, we believe what we believe. We hold on to it. But man, how many of us want to grow and have our eyes open? Isn't that important to grow and keep growing? So uh, we don't want to be haughty like we know it all. That's, that's not God to be haughty and to act as if we know it all. So God created and controls all things within the boundaries of his covenants and his purposes. So I want to show you something on the purposes of God. And it costs us really big event in the Bible. And uh, it has to do with the Tower of Babel. And so after the flood, all mankind was living together on the plains in Persia. They were all living together. They all spoke one language and their leader was Nimrod. Nimrod was not a bad guy. And they said, you know what? Let's build a skyscraper. It was puny compared to today's skyscrapers, but they used brick and, 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 and they, they, they used tar for the mortar. They said, let's just build this skyscraper. God doesn't care that they build a skyscraper. But then God's up in heaven and we see this conversation between the God the Father, God the Son, and conversations like, hey, you know what? We, we've got to do something here because if mankind's one, let me show you about the purposes of God, then the devil's going to bring the Antichrist in and we can't have him come in this early. So we have to do something. And that's what caused God to come down and do what he did. Let me show you what he did, and we'll talk more about it. But this is Genesis 11:7. Come, let us go down and give them different languages so that they won't understand each other's words. Verse 8, so in that way, God scattered them all over the earth, and that ended the building 
of the city. That is why the city was called Babel, meaning confusion, because it was there that Jehovah confused them by giving them many languages, thus widely scattering them across the face of the earth. This is where the nations were birthed, and this is where God gave different languages. And scholars will tell you that there's a place after this where there was a great earthquake and they believe the continents literally shifted. So uh, people had these different languages, someone over here, somewhere, then God just separated us all the farther. You know why he separated us? You know why he did that? He had to have more time for you to be born. He wanted billions of us to be in heaven with him. He wanted you to have a chance. You know what, what else? The other reason he did that, he didn't want the Antichrist to get in there too early because he had to pick a man named Abraham out. He had to form a nation called Israel. He had to have Moses bring the law, which is leading people to Christ. And then he had to have King David born, who's a type of Christ. But then all those other things had to happen. And Jesus had to be born and he had to die on a cross. And then after he died, God could have wrapped it all up and said, hey, all right, now we can bring everyone to heaven. Let's have the Antichrist come. But he wanted you to be born. And he wanted you to be one of his kids. And there's, the Bible says somewhere out in the future, God's going to say, all right, it's all filled up. Let's move this baby along. And then Mr. Antichrist will be revealed. I don't know when. I have no idea. A preacher sometime in the near future will tell you he knows. And then after he's wrong, he won't say he's sorry. So <laughs> that's not fair, guys. You've got to say you're wrong, right? People will respect you more if you say, I blew it, right? But none of us can pick it out. None of us know. But here's what I know. We're in the last days. You know what Daniel said about the last days, guys? He said, in the last days, knowledge will increase. And has our knowledge increased? It's, it's amazing, isn't it? I think the internet, I don't think it's bad, but I think it's made the world smaller. Can we agree it's made the world smaller? It, it is so much smaller. Ancestry.com, you know, um, I, I, I took the DNA test and, and I found out I have cousins I didn't even know about. You know, it's like, wait, some of my, far, did some of my forefathers mess around? I don't know what happened here, but where did you come from, right? And it's just an amazing world that we live in, right? You know what Daniel said? He said, men will be able to go to and fro really quickly. He saw jet flight coming, you know? So here's what's happened. The world has become smaller. And there's a push in the world for a one world government. That push has been there. It's really strong now. And you know what? Here's what I wanna do in this series. You ready? Bam. I wanna knock the fear out of you. And we're gonna have some lessons where I just... That hurts. Knock, knock the fear out of you, right? I can't do what I used to do. Ouch, both hands are hurting. So, so listen, listen. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about our prayers and we're gonna talk about kings and kingdoms and presidents. And, and I wanna bring you to a place to where you're just gonna relax because you're gonna know that God holds it all in his hands. And our prayers are powerful in the covenant that we have with God. And we're going to come to a place of peace. We're going to be just relaxed and about our father's business. So the purpose of God was, hey, I got to shift this. And sometimes, you know, when we see, we look at history and we just see whole kingdoms crumble and we see another leader come up, that's all just happening because of the purposes of God wanting to lead us to the place where we need to be. So we can just relax and know, hey, God's given us the ability to pray. No matter who's president, we can pray, and it's powerful. But sometimes God wants some things to happen that you and I have no control. It's part of his purposes. And God does things within covenants. I want to close with this thought. 
He made a covenant with Israel, and he said, guys, if you keep this covenant, man, I'll protect you, I'll do all these things, but if you break this covenant, you're gonna have all these problems, and you'll be taken captive, and, and so Jeremiah prophesied that it would happen. And you know, one of the main reasons for Old Testament prophets, did you ever notice how they prophesied thousands and thousands of years into the future? So God can legally intervene. He has to have things come through the lips of man because he gave Adam and Eve the earth. So he has to be legal. He won't break laws. And so he had Jeremiah prophesy what would happen to Israel. And then I think it's mind-blowing what he did. And this really gives me great confidence in God. When I read these things, I'm like blown away. Listen to Ezra chapter one, verse one. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in our history, guys, this would be Cyrus the Great. In order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, uh, the prophet, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, the king of Persia, an, an anti-God, you know, not a, not a man of God, crazy king that wants to conquer the world. Listen to this, God moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and also to put it in writing. So God had Jeremiah speak it. Now God somehow made himself real to Cyrus. I don't know exactly how, but Cyrus got a hold of what God wanted and God, and he literally listened. Listen to verse two. This is what Cyrus, king of Persia says. This is his proclamation. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. He, he's, a, he's the first Persian king. He's trying to conquer the whole world. He doesn't even know who God is, but God was able to move his heart, and God was able to appear to him, and he figured it out. He said, well, I'm here for such a time as this. Isn't that amazing, a heathen king? Listen to this. Uh, so he's gonna build a temple in Jerusalem. Jeremiah prophesied it. God's gonna make it happen. Listen to this, Ezra chapter one, verse three. Any of his people among you may go up to Jerusalem and Judah and build the temple of the Lord. So the, the Jews are captives. They were taken away and captive. Jerusalem was destroyed. And now he's saying, any Jews that want to, you can go back and build it. Uh, and then he says, the, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem, and may their God be with them. This is a heathen king, and then we're not gonna read it, but you know what the next verse says? He said, we'll pay for it out of our royal treasuries. He paid the bill. I mean, that's amazing. So that brings me to a place where I say, man, we gotta understand what God promised in our covenants, what God did in the Old Testament through their covenants, and we gotta know, man, God created and controls all things but it's within the boundaries of his covenants and purposes. And I don't know about you, but I get excited when I, I, I hope you can say, I'm excited, man, I'm excited. This is exciting, why? Because you and I can have the fear knocked out of us knowing God is who he is. And if God could move Cyrus, can God move people that are in leadership today? Can God do some amazing things today? But sometimes it's his purpose. He has to set this up for the last. So you and I can just relax, pray our heart out, and we can trust in the hands of the living God. I think we should give it up for God. Just say, God, you're awesome. You're amazing. Now this is lesson one, so I know I didn't answer all your questions. You're saying, what about this scripture? What about that scripture? So stick with me and we'll see what happens when we're all done, right? Here's the good thing. I know the beginning to the end of my series because it's all done. So I know where I'm going, right? I'm not God, but I, got, I know that much about life, right? So let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes, let's pray. Father, we love you with everything that's inside of us. I've done my best to tackle whew, a tough subject, God. And, and Father, I know there's questions. And Father, we just thank you for helping us digest 
what we heard today. Open up our eyes. Father, I thank you that you're the God that reveals truth. And Father, keep growing all of us. Help myself and all of us just keep having our spiritual eyes open, Lord God. And Lord, we just take a moment and we say, thank you, Lord, that we're part of your family. Thank you, Lord, for what you did predestine. And we'll talk about that. Thank you, Lord, for this incredible life you've given us as Christians. Thank you, Lord, that you predestined us to have a calling and we were born with a purpose on our life. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you that not one of us is purposeless. Not one of us is here to wander, but we're children of the Most High God. Make that real to us as we go through this series. Lord, knock the fear out of us as we go through this series. Lord, bring us to a place where we're at peace, but we know how to pray. And Lord, we understand why we're born and what you're doing and what you wanna do through us. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We're in this attitude of prayer. Maybe you walked in today, TCI Borman Warren. Maybe you walked in. You weren't sure of your forever. You know, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but through me. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, he'll save you. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's pretty cool, right? And so maybe you came in not sure if God existed. I used to be that way. Uh, Maybe you, you came in knowing about God, knowing who Jesus is, but you can't remember a day in your life when you made it real, you made it personal, and here you are this weekend. I mean, God, I believe God. I believe God directed your steps here. And here's my question. I'm not asking you what church you belong to. I'm not asking you to join our church. Here's what I'm asking you. What have you done with Jesus? It's the most important decision in the universe. What have you done with him? Can you remember a day when you prayed from your heart and said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. I bow my heart and my knee to you and I accept you as savior. The Bible says that will set you free and loose you. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're listening, you say, I can't remember doing that, but I'm ready to do it today. Would you pray with us right now? TCI Borman, Warren, would you pray with us guys? And, And let's just pray. And the rest of us, can we help them pray? Let's pray loud enough so they hear us. And if you're praying this for the first time, simply mean it. This is where you're saying, God, I I give my heart to Jesus. So say this after me. Say, Lord God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a savior. I believe you died for the sins of the entire world my sins included. And this day, I look to you. I believe that you died. God raised you from the dead. You are the Savior. I accept you as my Savior. I bow my heart to you. I call you Lord. And I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. 
The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.